everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Love. So it's just us today. Today, I want to talk about how true love is freedom. I mean, we, I feel like we think so much about love being owning, being possessive, being restrictive. But in reality, it's, it's freeing. It's not having any conditions attached to it. And, and a lot of the times this is referred to in relationships with other people. But today I want to focus on really, truly loving yourself and how that will set you free. This, this conversation has been and, and will always be every evolving for me. Every time I start to think I might, I might have a little handle on it. I just am shoved even deeper into it and I peel back more and more layers and it's just even more freeing with every single layer. It's not easy. And does it kind of hurt? Yes. And is it incredibly humbling? Absolutely. But it's so freaking worth it. Because I remember what it was like to not love myself, to not choose myself, and how I felt like I was in the worst, shittiest, and most miserable prison of my life. And I, it's like, once you're awake, you can never go back to sleep. Well, once I started to figure out and to really learn and wake up to the fact that I was not loving myself, I couldn't ever continue to make those same decisions. And the big catalyst for me was my marriage and my divorce. And then the second biggest catalyst for me was my career. And then my third biggest catalyst has been my life in the last two years of who am I and how do I love every part of this being, of this soul that exists in this body, with this mind, with these emotions in this time, this very moment in time on this timeline of my life. Because I know so many of us are constantly guilting, shaming, beating ourselves up because we think we need to be somewhere else. But in reality, your soul chose this path and to be reincarnated on this planet, in this body, at this very moment in time for a very specific reason. And you also came here to be your own unique soul that's nothing like anyone else's. That has been such a hard thing to wrap my head around. I've always felt and known I was different. But the thing was, is that that's what I was supposed to be. And that's what you're supposed to be. I mean, unless you're raised with really conscious parents that know all about enlightenment and what all these concepts are, you probably weren't taught love. You're taught what society says love is. You're taught the attachments with it and the conditions attached to it, but you're not taught the actual true love that is freedom, that is unconditional, that is the light and the dark all in one. It's the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, and the beautiful all in one. 
But just with everything else in life, it all starts with us. Our external reality is a reflection of our internal reality. And I will tell you, mine has looked freaking messy multiple times, but that's because I was, I just, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I feel like, you know, once you're awake, you can't go back to sleep, but there's different layers of this awakening that happens over the years. And it's sparked by different events in your life. But these are, I truly believe these are all events that we chose. So we could evolve and remember who the fuck we are. Think about the most challenging times in your life that put you in a corner and that basically made you decide between your own sanity, your own health, your own wellness, your own safety, and what the circumstance was presenting or another person. I mean, think about the the intensity of, no, I'm choosing me. Like that is also love. So I wasn't taught with this example and, but it's like, it's none of my mom's fault. You know, I went to, I went to family events in the last couple months and I got to see generations all together. And I'm not kidding. Both sides of my family. This is a generational thing for men and women in my family. I mean, even some of my male family members, they don't embody self-love either because they are hustle, grinding, working themselves to death. And they're not actually even taking care of themselves or even doing truly what like they want to be doing in their lives. So I can relate to the female aspect of it the most. I noticed the generational curses, traumas, whatever you want to call them that exist on both sides of my family with women. And I had already acknowledged where some things where I, I obtained some habits and beliefs and some conditioning from my immediate family, but I didn't zoom out and look even wider and even bigger. And it's important to do that because then you can give yourself so much more grace because the deeper and the further something goes back, the harder it is to heal, the harder it is to let go of it. But the most important part of that is when you do, you create a ripple effect. I mean, I remember when I did some energy healing with my friend Stacy, and she said that me healing these things that exist for my maternal line will help heal the women in my family behind me and in front of me. And I'm not kidding. In just a couple weeks, I legitimately noticed a difference with my mom and my sister in our relationships. And the more things I continue to take accountability for and to keep diving deeper and to keep just aggressively loving and accepting and bringing everything to light about myself, the more space I make for my mom to be able to do that for herself, my sister to be able to do that for herself, other women in my sphere to be able to do that for themselves too. And this is what is so, so important about us doing our own work and us learning to truly embody love for ourselves. I mean, think about all the stuff that happens in your head, that goes in your head. Would you ever say that to your mom or your friends or your family? Probably not. And I always say, 
if you said the things that you say to yourself to other people, would you still have friends? So it's been a huge process for me, a huge, very up and down journey for me because each stage of awakening that I've had comes with even more realizations for me and more things that I, I wasn't even privy to, to before. Think about it. You have to, you have to get to this layer before you can get to all the way down to this layer. So we can't just, there's no just like opening the box and then, oh yeah, there it all is. And it's, it's done forever. No, healing is not this like straight line, linear journey. It's up, down, all over the place. And sometimes you will go backwards. And for me, I didn't even, I wasn't even conscious about where I was still choosing to not honor myself until I actually had people pointed out to me. And this is what's funny is because what you don't see, other people can for you. Cause you know, it's kind of like, you don't always, you don't know you have a booger in your nose unless somebody tells you, you know, unless you feel it or food in your teeth or something. Sometimes you just need someone else to point it out for you, but you have to be able to be willing to hear those truths and to know what is for you or not. So I realized when I was married that I had no idea what self-concept was. First of all, it was almost like I was taught enmeshment. So then of course I get married and have enmeshment. And then I don't even know what my own needs even are because then I also work in a job that was the same way that everybody else's needs are more important than my own. So this has been very fascinating for me to unpack every different layer because I thought when I got divorced, I went to therapy, I did so much work. I, you know, taken all kinds of courses, listened to all kinds of podcasts, read all kinds of books, but it truly only hit the surface though. There was still so much more that I didn't even realize, but I couldn't access it because I was still choosing to be in an environment that I self-abandoned myself. Choosing to stay in nursing when I, number one, knew that wasn't what I wanted to do forever. I had this just really deep calling, this pull to go to do something else, but I chose belonging instead. I didn't even know that anything else was possible. And I didn't realize how much my self-worth was tied up into that career. Okay. So I got divorced, did all this work, did all this stuff. And I became this doer. Okay. I became the doer. I'm super good at self-care. Okay. I, I love massages. I work out regularly. I eat really healthy. I am doing all the external things. I literally had, I mean, going to therapy is great, but it still just scratches the surface. Okay. There's still so much more to that. And then there's so much more in actually allowing things to flow through your body and feeling them as opposed to just talking about them and rationalizing them. So that's what I'm talking about on the surface. So I barely scratched the surface and I didn't even know, but I was consciously making different decisions, which was a, a really good step in a different direction for me. Okay. Choosing to choose myself in terms of, you know, having alone time and 
that's another thing. I have no problem being alone. I mean, my friends and family would make fun of me with dating. They're like, oh, I think you get bored with people. And I'm like, no, I just, I'm so comfortable by myself and I'm so okay with it that I don't tolerate and I don't, I'm not okay with staying with people that they don't add value to that. But there was also some, some stuff there too, that you will attract people that are, that need to teach you things. So what I was attracting that I needed to learn was to be more in my body. I very much lived in this like hyper-masculine all the time and I knew it, but I didn't know how to change it. And then of course I just did what most people do. Like you distract yourself. I mean, nobody needs to be dating while they're trying to figure their shit out. I mean, there's nobody saying that you can't, but how are you supposed to figure yourself out if you're not spending any time alone trying to figure yourself out? If you're not able to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself and that you will always choose yourself, how can you ever expect anyone else to choose you? So yes, I did some online dating, which is a conversation for another day that I feel like is a complete distraction from people actually living up to their full potential. There's so many other things you could be doing to expand yourself in your life than online dating, but whatever. Tried it. Not talking trash on anybody that's doing that right now because to each is their own. That's just what I have learned. And now I'm conscious of it. And so that's not something I'm ever going to be into again. So distracted myself a little bit, you know, instead of figuring out what I want to do outside of nursing, I was, you know, traveling and doing those things, which I thought was all fun and good because that's, those are some things I love. So great. Put that on the list of figuring out what Jessica loves. Okay. Cause a lot of people I talk to, when I ask them, what do they love? They really don't even know. Like, what do you want? What do you love? What fires you up? Why are you here? Who are you? You know, really asking those questions. So then, okay, I got divorced, you know, started figuring out who I was, what I actually liked, but I was still in this environment that I couldn't speak up. I really did not feel like that was what was for me. Well, then, okay, come to COVID mandates and being literally backed into a corner. And I kept trying to switch departments and switch jobs and switch hospitals thinking that, okay, well, you know, maybe I can just keep one like toe in the door. Right. And I hired a mindset coach and I became a certified life coach. So I'm doing all, doing all the, yeah, there again, doing all the things, right. Doing all the things, but still some things aren't sitting. I'm like, there's, there's more, there's more. And I still can't quite figure out what. So working with a mindset coach, much more conscious of things. I'm over here thinking, oh yeah, I love myself. I take care of myself. That's what I thought was self-love is the doing, right? But then I had a patient that was uh, basically kind of an intuitive psychic medium kind of um, person, very nice gentleman. And he offers to kind of do little meaty, little channeling kind of thing on each of us nurses is who that were taking care of him. So he holds my hand and he looks at me and he says, can I say this in front of people? And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you have to say? And he's like, 
you need to love yourself more. And I was like, what? Me? What? <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't offended. I was just kind of surprised because in my mind, I was loving myself. And so then that really opened this door to, okay, if what I'm doing isn't self-love, then what is it? So mind you, like I said, I am still in this career that I don't love. I actually would sit in my car and deep breathe because I, I did not want to go into work. And I even worked at some hospitals where like I went to work feeling sick every day because I was scared I was going to kill someone because of the really unsafe conditions that there were. So I am still in this career that completely goes against what I feel like I'm here to do. And I connected those dots. And then that was also in the moment in time where I had all kinds of crazy hormonal issues. I had been on hormonal birth control for a long time, had some issues with my labs, got off of it for a couple months, and then decided to get an IUD because it was way less hormones and whatever, right? Terrible decision. It was horrifically, horrifically painful. I had all these problems. I started just gaining weight uncontrollably. And at this point in time, I think I was 35, 36, and I have never had issues with my weight. I mean, any time that I was a little over my baseline, it was because I was definitely not living a healthy life. Like I, I was not eating right. I wasn't sleeping. It was when I was working night shift. So I was aware of what happened there. But this time I was like, what my body was literally rejecting everything in my life at that moment in time. I just kept gaining weight. I started having all these other issues and it didn't matter what I did. So then of course I did what I always knew how to do. And the traditional model of what like health and fitness is, is I started being even more strict with my diet, even more strict with my workouts. So I wasn't very conscious back then about my intentions with working out. I was like, strong is sexy, strong is sexy. Well, more aware Jessica can now say that, okay, I was literally just perpetuating this masculine wall because I needed to be strong. And I'm like, for what? I mean, yes, I want to be healthy, but I don't have to kill myself in the gym. And that's, I was literally doing like two a day workouts and nothing was helping. I just kept gaining weight. So then I meet this patient and I'm like, huh? So he says, I need to love myself. So then I start you know, trying to feel out what that even means. And then he also says that I have so much amazing love to give that I need to be more open to receiving that love in return and opening that love up to more of the world. So add all these things up. My hypermasculinity, which was this wall. And I was aware of the masculine tendencies, but I just didn't have a lot of understanding at that point in time. I was so in the thick of it in like the drama triangle of working in that working and living in that high stress. I had no concept of how is loving myself living in this high cortisol environment all the time. How is loving myself working out 
punishing myself by working out and not because, Hey, I love my body. And no, it was like, no, I'm mad that you gained weight. So now I'm going to punish you by working out twice as hard as I was before. Not realizing I'm completely, completely making it worse. So our body can only compensate for 10 to 15 years. This was literally the 15 year mark that not only I had been on hormonal birth control, but I also had been a nurse for 15 years by then. So now my body's completely revolting. And that's actually something that I have. I'm so grateful for that experience because now I'm so much better about listening to my body. And this is what I talk about. Learning to love yourself is also setting you free because now I don't work out with restrictions. Now I listen to my body and it's so much freedom. Now I can travel for two weeks and however long and not stress about, oh my gosh, I haven't been to the gym. Like, no, I am hiking. I am swimming. I am doing yoga. Like I am loving my body by moving it, but not needing to punish it. And also acknowledging my intentions for everything. Okay. I have been working on consciously being more in my feminine. And what does that look like for me? It looks like not living in the gym. I love, I've realized this now that I've consciously been making these decisions, choosing what I love because that loves me back. So loving to feel good, which is way more embodiment practices, yoga, breath work, really spending a lot of time outside without any technology, traveling to certain places that I feel really called to, and really learning to trust that I know best. So I tried to record this episode, like, I don't know, a month or two ago. And the internet completely crashed and I couldn't get it to come back on. So I completely abandoned it. And this has been part of my journey of self-love is trusting myself and trusting that if it's not time, it's not time and not forcing outcomes. So there's where I also have more freedom because I'm not attaching myself to all these outcomes because I'm like, you know what? It'll work out when it needs to work out and how it needs to work out. So, okay, it's not time. I abandoned that episode and now I've experienced some things in the last couple of weeks that I'm like, okay, now I feel, now I feel that it is time to record this episode because I have so much more context and so much more things I want to add to it that it's the timing's much better. So what does love mean to you? What does, what does loving yourself mean to you? I can talk all day about what it's meant for me, what I continue to learn it is for me. But this is a journey also, you can listen to mine, but you have to figure out what it is for you. And I feel like we'd have so much less drama, chaos, hate in the world if more people loved themselves. And there's so much of, I have all these notes about what Brene Brown talks about in terms of belonging and love and all this kind of stuff that I'll get to in a minute. So what does loving yourself mean to you? Okay. I want you to take a look at everywhere in your life and I want you to look at why you do the things you do. And I want you to question yourself. If you're doing that out of habit, 
out of an addiction to pain or chaos? Or is it truly love? I mean, I used to do all kinds of crazy high intensity workouts, but I learned that literally just added to my high cortisol life addiction. So now I'm so much more conscious of, no, I want to honor my body. I want to be optimal, healthy, balanced. That does not involve killing myself in any way, shape or form in any way. I mean, I have refused to go back to nursing just for that reason, because there's so much self-abandonment that's required in that job that I'm like, no, I am getting my own sense of self and what it means to me and refusing to abandon myself again. So friendships is the same thing. And I didn't learn until the last two years where I was still even, it was very, very subtle, very subtle where I was giving in a little too much and still in some way, shape or form self-abandoning for the sake of belonging. And this is where Brene Brown's work comes in because she talks so much about, about needing to stand on our own and how we belong to ourselves. And so I went, I felt called to go to Montana recently, very specifically whitefish. I'm like, whatever. I just, I'm trusting myself more and more with the intuitive nudges that I get because it's, we're not supposed to lead our lives with our brain. We're supposed to lead it with our heart. So leading with my heart tells me to go to whitefish, Montana. I go to this event. It was called the mage gathering. Didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I'm, I'm open. I did not used to be open. I used to be very closed off, but then yet again, that was a self imposed prison. So the more you learn to love yourself, the more freedom you will experience in your life because you don't need to attach yourself to anybody else's timelines, anybody else's ideals, beliefs, structure to live your life. You get to make the rules. So went to this gathering. I have now been much more open because I've learned how much I can grow by being open. But the caveat to this is that I have also hearing that patient say that to me, sent me on this mission of, okay, what else does this mean for me? What else do I need to kind of rein in? What else do I need to be more conscious of? And how do I need to make different decisions to cultivate more of this self-love? So I did a Mark Groves course called Rediscover Your Wholeness. A lot of like deep diving, inner child healing, all that kind of stuff. And one of the parts was to ask people in your circle about some questions about yourself. And then if you can take their criticism and their opinions, you can take it and not crumble in the face of that. So I'm really, really grateful that I have done some work to create a solid foundation because your self-love is like a house that lives, that exists in a hurricane zone. Okay. If you don't have a good foundation and good bones, right? Everything is going to be destroyed by the first blows of the wind, right? The first crazy weather, 
it's all going to crumble. So I'm really grateful that I have been willing to create a solid foundation where I have so much more of a good sense of myself. So then when I experience things like this event that I went to, I don't crumble and I can say thanks, but no thanks. It's definitely something that I never had experienced before. I mean, I, I have experienced people not liking me and that's fine. Your opinion of me is none of my business, but I never experienced something like I experienced there where people literally were just telling me what they perceived to be wrong with me and that everything about what I consider my natural state being fake and wrong. So I said, okay, let me just take into consideration what they're saying because I'm always willing to grow and evolve, but not at the expense of self-abandoning. And what I realized by the end of the weekend at this event is that it was almost like because I couldn't get myself to this place of almost like just living in this space of what they call conscious anger and negativity and like disgruntledness. It's almost like they didn't know how to connect. And that's what they kind of kept telling me. And I'm like, well, I don't even, I don't even know how to exist there. Cause that's not, that's not where I live. And that's been this whole realization of loving yourself and being free is all the aspects of yourself. I mean, I've been shamed for so long about being too much and being intense and having more masculine energy. But the thing is, is we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. And they're for a reason. Was I unconsciously living in masculine energy as a protection mechanism? Yes. But I'm, I've acknowledged that and I'm consciously working on embodying and loving and accepting my more masculine side and how part of that is my superpower and what I am put on this earth to do in this lifetime is embody it because it, it does certain things. It allows me to see things and feel things that other people don't. But I also have acknowledged that I have this soft feminine side that I want to be cared for, that I want to be led. I want to have partnership and experience safety with other people, but I had to create all that for myself. And I have to learn to embody feeling like that. And it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to cry because for so long in my life, it's like, if I was crying, then who's taking care of the patient? You know, if somebody's dying and I'm over there a mess in the corner, that, that doesn't work. Somebody has to be the one because it was always my job. So, okay, that's not my job anymore. So I did a breathwork session recently with, um, with a girl that came to my trailer and we did somatic breathwork. And it was so amazing because I've done group stuff before. And I feel like I really just absorb a lot of what's happening with other people and their pain and their sadness. And I really can't like, I don't feel safe enough in a group setting like that to be able to tap into my own stuff and let some of my own stuff out. So I had somebody come to my trailer and do that recently. And it talk about, it was a woman. Okay. But I felt so safe and able to 
be in my feminine and be vulnerable and just allow whatever came along to flow and be. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you need all these external sources. It's like, how can you learn to love and embody all sides of those and acknowledge when you are existing more in one or the other as a protection mechanism? And that's what I notice so much when people come to me for guidance about stuff. I'm like, do you realize? Because we, we choose people that are mirroring stuff for us. So do you realize they're mirroring the same thing within you? And I realize how that plays out. I, I'm able to see how that plays out in people's lives. But we have to learn to come back home to ourselves because I'm going to repeat it 50 million times. That's where the true freedom exists. So I go to this event. I do not feel comfortable the whole time. It was definitely one of the most uncomfortable experiences I've had. But I said, hey, I was called here for a reason to learn something. And I, you know what I did? I learned that it's okay. I don't have to be like them. And I also don't have to accept their teachings as what works for me. It's like the whole concept of, take what resonates and leave the rest. Okay. I learned some great things about how to be more conscious of how I'm showing up in my life and how to take more accountability for my own shit and how it will potentially affect other people because that's been something I've really had to work on too. So learn some stuff, but also was able to say, it's okay that they don't like me. So now I'm going to talk about the Brene Brown stuff. You know, we don't need anyone or anything outside of us to complete us. We don't need to look like anyone else. We don't need to be like anyone else to be able to love ourselves. The more you love yourself, the more love you will be able to feel and experience in your life. And that's one of the things that I'm so driven by now where before it was definitely more unconsciousness and more just wanting to be in that masculine energy where I want to change people and things. Well, now I'm in such a different energy where I do just feel so alive and I feel so much love for people and things that I, and I see all these people struggling in this other, this lower energy, this different energy. And I'm like, you can choose a different way. There is always a different option. You always have a choice. And I love to choose love. And I got a lot of shit for that at that event. <laughs> so I said, okay, that's fine. But you know what? The more self-love you have, the higher your self-confidence will be. I was sitting there. Somebody was giving me feedback and then they got mad at me because I wasn't crying or upset when they were giving me feedback. And I was like, why would I cry? It's your opinion. Just because it's your opinion doesn't mean I have to take it. So another massive thing that I took from this event, really learning to trust what works for you and what resonates with you. And you don't have to agree with anything else anyone says, but ask yourself, am I existing in this place of love, growth, expansion, or am I existing in this place of victimhood, of not wanting to take accountability, of 
guilt, shame, anything like that. So you have to ask where you are existing when you are in these environments. And when we can actually trust ourselves, that's where so much magic happens. Because then you don't end up just mindlessly following all these people. I mean, I love when people come to me, but at the same point in time, I want to empower you. And this is where I've massively pivoted from nursing, where that's where I acknowledged in healthcare that I was just enabling people all the time. And I don't want to enable anybody. I don't want you to think or feel like I have more power over your decision-making and over your life than you do. I don't ask people for opinions very often because I know that I have to trust myself. And if I'm over there asking everybody else for their opinions, I'm giving away my power. So yes, I, I want perspective, but that's also where I am such a forever student in this life and in this earth school because I'm always open to these new concepts, these new concepts of what love is, of what this thing I've been learning recently is more like conscious coupling. I love that stuff because then it's like, oh, hey, how can we be conscious individuals that come together in a relationship and have a completely different concept of a relationship than what we're taught? Because we're taught that love and relationships is attachments and it's not, it's freedom, but we have to cultivate that within ourselves. So having this unconditional love with, our, with ourselves and being able to be okay with not belonging with certain groups. So I learned that it's okay that I don't have to agree with what somebody's teaching. I don't have to buy what you're selling and that's okay. I don't have to belong anywhere else, but to myself. And if I have to self abandon to belong, I don't belong. So it was so perfect that after I got done with that event, I was out of the lake and I actually heard this quote by Brene Brown talking about belonging and it couldn't have come at a perfect time because that's exactly how I felt. I felt like they wanted me to be someone who I, I don't, I'm not, and I couldn't be that. And then it was like, I got rejected and it was me needing to sit in that rejection and be like, okay, that, that's okay though. That doesn't affect my self-worth just because they don't want to choose me. It's okay because all that matters is that I choose myself. So some things that Brene Brown talks about with belonging is that she talks about when we don't risk standing on our own and speaking out, when the options laid before us force us into categories, we resist, we perpetuate our disconnection and loneliness. Think about how many people you meet just complain about how disconnected they feel from the world and that they're lonely. But what I've tried to tell some of these people that come to me and tell me these things is that when we're lonely and we feel disconnected, it's because we're disconnected from ourselves. It's because we're missing ourselves. So instead of in that moment, instead of, you know, going out to all these other people and all these other things, how can you come back to yourself? And I think it's funny when somebody's like, Oh, I'm bored and lonely. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that's like because I'm not ever bored. I just, I genuinely enjoy my own company. And I've really had to cultivate that though, of being by myself 
enjoying my own time and my own company and doing what I love to do. And then other people are just icing on the cake. There's, there's sprinkles on the top, you know, of adding value to each other's lives. So you're only free when you realize you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high and the reward is great. And like I said, that reward is freedom. You free yourself from all the attachments. You free yourself from shrinking yourself down. I mean, the last couple of years, that's, that's what I was saying that the very subtle ways I was still self-abandoning. I noticed that I was seeing friends with certain girls that our values didn't really align, but they were also really good at telling me what I wanted to hear. And I was also being kind of like shiny object syndrome at that moment. Cause when I moved to Texas, I was like, yeah, I just want to make friends, you know, and just enjoy where I'm at right now in my life. But that also involved me being a little less conscious of the people I was choosing to become friends with, because then I realized that, oh, okay, well, the universe is just sending me the same people in different bodies because I needed to be more conscious of who I was choosing to relate with and if I could fully be myself. So being able to just authentically be yourself is the most important thing when choosing friendships, relationships, anything, because that's going to dictate whether you imprison yourself or not. If you choose friendships out of being a lesser version of yourself, or if you choose relationships out of a place of lack or a place of fear, then your security and your happiness is always going to be dependent on that other person being there or somebody being a certain way. So learning to make these decisions that constantly honor what you truly want, who you truly are, but you have to get clear on that. I've had so many conversations lately with people that I'm like, what do you want? And this is such a good time in the universe because it's Venus retrograde and you know, the full moon and new moon, it's just bringing up a lot of stuff. And even, even for me, I mean, even all the stuff that I've been purging, working on it, there's, there's always more. There's always more. And that is okay. So another thing that Brene Brown says is to stop walking through the world, looking for confirmation that you don't belong. You will always find it because you've made that your mission. Stop scoring people's faces for evidence that you're not enough. You will always find it because you've made that your goal. True belonging and self-worth are not goods. We don't negotiate their value with the world. The truth about who we are in our lives is in our hearts. Our call to courage is to protect our wild heart against constant evaluation, especially our own. No one belongs here more than you. True belonging is a spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find the sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. That is Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. So I want to leave you with that quote to think about and to consider how you can continue to show up 
as your beautiful, quirky, weird, authentic self and not shrink yourself down for anyone or anything, but be open to growth, expansion, and vulnerability. It's a process. That's okay. But you'll get there. You have to commit to yourself and commit to freeing yourself by loving yourself so aggressively that anytime someone else comes in your life, anytime you experience something that's not what you give yourself, it's so much easier to say no. It's so much easier to not, to not self-abandon anymore when you learn that you are secure in your own. Love you and have an amazing week. And I hope this is helpful and I can't wait for next week's episode.